Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you the latest preaching from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. Today we're going to go off Genesis 13, piggybacking on a blessing. On a blessing that is beyond what we can think and imagine. We're going to go on to the title, This Must Be The Place. Because you're in a place right now in your life, in your emotions, you're in a place in your faith with God, in your walk with God. You are in a place financially, you are in a place. And either you doubt it or you don't. Either you're secure on that place and you're making it your location. God is about to break your little dreams because he keeps on moving and you serve a God that moves. You're not serving a God that is stiff like these columns. God It's out of the building as fast as you are out of the building. So if you stay in the building, he'll make sure that that he'll stay with you. But as soon as you just press that button, joystick, as much as you are pressing that control remote for your YouTube moment, God is up to something. And at the moment you turn that off, God says, let's move. You serve a God that is on the move. You're not serving a God that is static. That's why everything else in the world has taught us that static sucks. That's two S's. We're preaching pretty. You have to say to someone, static sucks. It sucks, you know what I mean? So as we talk today and as we read the the verses, the piece of text that God has given us, God is wanting to remind us that everything we are is alive. Your thoughts are not only alive, but they produce life. What kind of thoughts you have will produce the kind of life you have. We always are cheap onto this. We, I come on a Sunday and it's like, your, your thoughts, Lord, your thoughts, Lord, your thoughts, Lord. We're, we're waking up on Monday morning and saying, Lord, I'm not going to think about anything but your thoughts. Fifteen minutes later, you're like, oh, my God. I need salvation again, maybe. And my, my, my name has been erased from the book of life. You know, if we're real with ourselves, we are in that place that we don't know. And we really don't know in what covenant we're standing. And was the same with the people that we're going to be talking about today. Are we reading or are we not reading the Bible? Let's stand up. Don't leave me alone. Genesis 13, 8 to 10. And later we're going to just quote something else. So a little bit more salt into the week. But um, we're going to start here. So Abraham, actually Abram, say to Lot, let's not have any quarrel in between you and me or between your herdsmen and mine. For we are close relatives. It is not the whole land before you. It's not the whole land before you. I mean, come on. I mean, this this is good. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. I'll make it simple. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. And verse 10 reads us, And Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan, where? The whole what? The plain. Of the Jordan was towards Soar. And I could go into Soar and what it means, but you you, want to be seated. You know what I mean? You pay for tickets and this is it. 
was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. Comparison, what I see, you may be sitting in the name of the Lord, this is going to be profitable for you. Because we're looking around. I wanted to call this, are you looking around? But, but maybe I thought that, you know, religious people would not like that. You know what I mean? So having compassion, you know, on our brethren. I said, you know what, there's a, there's a different story. This must be the place. And sometimes when we compare it, we are comparing it because we remember it's based on memory. So Abraham, so let's talk about Abraham. I mean, I mean, we're in church. We can gossip about our brothers, yeah? <laughs> Context is Abraham has just been blessed. And not only that, blessed to be a blessing. He is in chapter 12 blessed and saying, Oi, God said to Abraham something so epic that most of us cannot say. He, he actually said to him, You know what? I'm going to bless you so you are a blessing. And not only a blessing, you're a blessing to everyone on earth. I don't know to this day anyone that actually can say I am a blessing to everyone. I mean, most of us actually are real. You know, and like we actually understand that after Monday there was a Tuesday and we sucked that Tuesday. Monday was holy. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. On Tuesday! Sometimes we, we get on with life and we are not a blessing. And this man was standing in the midst of what is real, his situation. He was saying, you know what? I feel very blessed. Although you said, I will make you into a great nation, I will bestow unto you. Like he had no life on his loins. And God is calling him all sorts of things. And he's not only saying that, I will make your name great. No one knows me. And you will be a blessing. Who cares? No one calls me. And I will bless those who bless you. Then we start like, oh, God's with me. And whoever curses you, I would curse. Oh, I'm not alone. Everybody. And we start like bouncing on that. Like if you mess with me, I'm not coming by myself. You know, I got Johnny and Joe. I don't know. <laughs> and all the peoples of the earth, that's you and that's me. That's all of us will be blessed through you. And that same guy has followed instructions because God said, leave the place that you know. Leave Canaan. He's a Canaanite. And he said, leave and I will be with you. I will show you. Don't look for it like Lot. Don't look for it and I will bless you. And God has been trying to teach Abram before Abraham. And you and me that sometimes you cannot see it. But salvation and the blessing of God is beyond what we see, but you can taste it. Sometimes we're in the midst of situations that are overcoming us, that they, they are stronger than what we think, that they are more rich than the theology that we hold in our hearts, 
They are, you know, more profound than any comment that we can even fight it with. But God is saying, I am with you. And that sounds simple, but when you're facing it, you know it's a bit more complex. Not complicated, complex. The Lord today comes with a word not only of encouragement, but he says, I overcome. But I have to overcome your view of how the place looks like. Okay? So we're going to go with that, and the context is blessing. Go from here to there, Canaan to Egypt. Oh, Egypt, dirty word. Play it safe. His feelings would say, God said, know me, follow me, I will show you. While God is in active mode, he is in I saw mode. Prove it to me, Pastor Chris. Okay, I'll do that. It's for free. What happened was is that he is following the lead, but he doesn't know the heart of what he's following. So he's following the action and he doesn't know the heart. Like we are today, most days we wake up to follow God, but we don't know his heart for the day. So we're incomplete in our assignment. We're incomplete in our devotion. We're incomplete in our expectation. Quote me on that and take it to the bank every day because we don't know the motivations. We don't know the heart of God. So God it doesn't want us to stay in religion that you sit at 8.05 every day with your coffee in better countries, your tea, and you seek for his hands. Why are you searching for if you don't know how he looks? And he didn't call you to know how he looks. He called you, how, called you to know how his heart takes and talks. So you're there for that. And Abram is understanding that. And like him, we have hiccups. We have hiccups understanding the motivation in the heart of God. We have, we have moments that we are trying to go through the motions we want to obey, but we don't know the heart. We don't know. We have not understood the light that has shined upon us. And it is difficult to understand if you don't know where to stand and what position you should be in, in this issue or the other, in that problem, what is my position? Most of our prayer life actually boils into, what should I do? And God is so real, he's so near that he knows that he wants to, for us to be peeled back into reality, into core. He doesn't want us to be dead as a book verse. He wants us to be a living letter to everyone around us. He wants us to understand the motivation. And that's the only way we will live the gospel. If we're living letters and living, underline living, letters is, you know, another understanding. <laughs> if you're living what you're hearing and to be able to live you cannot be surviving. He goes to Egypt from Cana. Go and I will show you. But he starts surviving because he starts using his own strength. I don't know if that's happened to you this week or last week or any other week on this past 50 weeks that we have been around for a minute. You know, we're closing the year, baby, and we're going to close it stronger and healthier. But for that, we have to understand how much we got it. 
how much he got us and how much of us is dead and living in Christ. And I know this deep talk. And we're not going to go into that until a minute because I'm warming up. Are you with me? Are you happy? The Lord is in this place. We got six points. It's going to be beautiful. But before we go to the six points that you want to note down because this is going to give you the ending to a great story. We want to talk about faith pruning and self-realization. Because most of us are on the rat race to I feel complete. And when you get to what should be that agent, that factor that makes you feel complete, you say, oh, my God, that's not enough. I'm still me. And God and the angels do like this. And for the ones that only hear us and are not looking at a video, I just slap my face with that regret of like, oh, I should not better. I should not better. Like, I feel that sometimes we're in a relationship that has only one sense, ear. And sometimes we hear what we want to hear. Sometimes we hear what our worldview actually tells us, but we're not hearing the actual truth. Truth and what we hear most times, most times, it's just sometimes, most times, is not the same. So we are following God, we want to see, and we are dependent on how we, how we hear, not what we heard, how we hear God, but we don't spend enough time intimacy. So we are going to go into six points. We're going to talk about Abram's brokenness. We're going to talk about the blessing. We're going to talk about intimacy. Fourth point in his, is intimacy, intimacy and imitation. Imitation. We can, we can edit that from the YouTube, yeah? <laughs> you can say, my pastor was, you know, Puerto Rican at once. Then we're going to go down to identity, and from identity, we're going to go to the place. Is that okay? First thing that we have to understand that for, for us to be broken, we got to know who we are. And what overcomes knowing us in the light of God is our fears. The first thing that would jump at you every day, 365 of them, is your fear. No one in this room is able to say, I fear nothing. You might even say to me, and I'm with you on this, I'm not afraid of death. I've been dead a, lot of, a couple of times, yo. So I'm not afraid of death, really. But I'm afraid what you think. So if you're rough like that, you're like, hmm, I don't care what you think. Maybe you're afraid of death, and I'm not. Maybe I'm not afraid of, of, like, of pain, like Zach. Zach goes into a small room with heavy things and says, yes, I'm going to be in pain when I'm gone. Yeah, he's a physical trainer. So he's like, yeah, I want to be on pain. This is what I live for. Oh, pain, oh, pain, oh. And he has probably worship, weird worship songs, you know, to praise the Lord. You know, but Josiah comes into the coffee place and it's like, I hope someone bought milk. Oh, Lord. Because he has to do coffees. We're all afraid of something. And most of the times we blame it on someone else. We say, like, did they buy the milk? Or if you're a physical trainer like Zach, you would say, hey, did they put back the weights where they should be? Or before I start this session, I had to put everything in place because people want to find some 31. 
The reality of life is that we're fighting with our expectations and what we see. Moses, Abram, David, Jesus even fought with the same predicaments that we have today. So you're not alone. I'm not alone. Everybody. Very inclusive song. Everyone is broken. So as we start the day and we say, Lord, before I go out into the streets, before I put one foot into, how many of us really, if we're honest, have a tendency? I'm not saying that you do it every day, but before, before you grab your phone or put your, your foot down onto the actual floor next to your bed, say, Lord Jesus, if, um, oh my God, if you're not with me, how many during this year have learned how to ask God for not only provision but protection? Because your life has gone in, into more layers. And you understand that, oh, provision was great, but that's kids. Can I have that? But protection is when you are in the field and your, your strength is not enough to walk through it and come back to the same place you're asking for it, bed. So maybe your faith has to find you there, maybe has to find you broken. And some of us have been trained professionally, olympically, to run from being broken. And Abram thought that God guiding him outside of where he was and his customs and the things that could limit him emotionally, family-wise, was going to leave those enemies behind. But no, some of our enemies live in us. They live in us. And most of the days, you know, the, the humanistic culture would call us, no, you're your best friend. I will tell you they are wrong every day. Put money on that. You can bet on that. You are your worst enemy because you know when you're slacking, when you're excusing yourself, you know. So Abram is actually going, following instructions on his own strength. And for those that are getting bored... We're going to get to something better. But before it gets better, it got to be worse. We got to go to the bone, baby. You know what I mean? Before you can be healed, you got to get operated. And that means let's cut into that, baby. So we go into that. And Abram is actually looking at a situation. He is blessed. He's blessed. He's coming out of a season where he, the father of faith, has so much fear that he lied. And most of the lies that we believe in our lives, they're based out of a fear that we have not known Christ in our lives. So find the lies in your life and you will find a place that you have not trusted Christ in. So that is worth your money, your tube, your train, your overground, your walk, everything. The sole of your shoes is wasted up on that and is worth it. Because you got to find the places that you don't know him. And those places will hold the keys to the fears you defend day in and day out with arguments. But if you're real, you'll be able to understand that Christ came to give you freedom and give you all the keys that are keeping you from him. He wants to get near. There is a promise. There is a blessing. But you have to be broken. So Egypt, the season before what we read, tried Abram and tried his family and tried him in such a way that he discovered that the father of fear had to face 
And this is how we see it now because we're reading. We have the luxury of reading it now, but he was suffering then. You know how your year was. If I have known now what I knew. Abram didn't know. He was such a coward. That fear, fear had such a grip in him. He's the father of faith to us. The father of faith to the biggest three religions in the world. But he was afraid. And God sometimes has to wake us up. It has to allow us to go through moments in life that we discover who we are. And those days are the ones that break you. Broken is better. Someone actually preached about that before. You can maybe Google it under Hope and Anchor, and it's going to be a good one to go and see. Broken is better. But after you've been broken, are you reconciled with yourself, and you know who you are, you're able to walk in meekness. Take notes. Brokenness allows us to access meekness. And not meekness like everyone can do with you whatever they want. Meekness that is holy allows you to know who you are and who is with you. So your reaction, reaction, action after is different. Are you with me? So brokenness leads us into meekness. If we know who we are, we're going to be able to walk on that. Are you with me? Yes. Taking notes, please. Leads us back to an altar. Meekness, brokenness. Produces meekness. Meekness leads us back to what is the best thing, an altar. The place that we worship. I don't know if you have different places in your life, but all of us, either we know it or we don't, are full of altars, are full of high places. What's the highlight of today? That's your altar. In the culture that we live, everyone is so quick. What is your low light and what is your, your highlight? And it's talking about the light. And we never stop enough until Jesus tells us in a meeting like this, you know, like wunderbar, that there are altars in our life. Sometimes we're worshiping in lights that are higher or more observed by others that Jesus is not in. He's in our valley. Although I go through the valley, you are with me. And sometimes we are praising the mountains, the things that people applaud us for. But Jesus is looking at the valley and we're still looking at, the, at those mountains that took us there because we're craving for that understanding and that belonging into the consciousness of the people. But we are not conscious of how God sees us. So we're praising what people think of us instead of what God thinks of us. Are you with me? This is really good, eh? I know, this is Sunday Rose, baby. So first thing, brokenness. Second, although brokenness leads us into meekness if we are knowing who we are, by knowing who we are, we know the blessing. And that's something that Abram, taking the H out, didn't know. He knew he was blessed. God said it was plain, chapter 12, verse 2, and always explains how of a blessing. And we have quoted that so out of context because we didn't know that the God that God spoke it to didn't believe and fully know what God was saying. And you're like, if I could be like Abraham. No, you don't want to be like Abraham. You want to be you. Because you don't have to face the giants and the valleys and the misunderstandings of everyone around you and people looking at your wife or your husband for the sake of that inclusivity, you know. 
on the way that they're looking. And you don't want to be escaping your own life like Abram was actually most of his life looking. You say, I don't want, I want to be my best life. But Abram was, his best life was actually escaping. Are you, wanting, are you wanting God to bless you? There's another preaching about, you know, how to be blessed. But this is another thing. <laughs> Shameless plug. So brokenness leads us into meekness. Meekness actually is fruit of knowing who we are. And it leads us back to become an altar and to take all this fake stuff around us so we are able to understand the blessing that is resting upon us that had nothing to do with what we thought. It had to do with what ordained over us. And we understand it. Or do we? Do I know? The blessing that is resting in my house. Do I know the blessing that is resting over my life? Do I know what comes into the room? Even if you had a bad day, your blessing comes into the room before you. Because before you were born, he ordained you. So the blessing was before you had consciousness on your human body. Because we know that we are body, mind, soul, spirit. Do you know, we're, we're complex. So Abram doesn't know what he got. And no one in this room can judge, really. But the blessing comes, and it's there for us to understand it. How good is a blessing? You can note this down. How good is a blessing? If I don't know it. How good is to win the lottery? If you don't know in what jacket, like what, you know, what zipper holds your profit. How good, and I'm by no means telling you to go and play lottery, but how good is it for you to be an heir to things that you don't know you own? So if God is calling you something, you should know. And the only way, only way to actually know your blessing is through intimacy. But I don't, I don't, I don't want to go ahead of myself because there's a journey into this. And the journey is more important than the blessing. And I'll prove it to you through the context of the story. I know that we have been trained. We're like rats, you know. We're like, we, we run on that wheel. Where is the blessing? The Lord is in this place. And where am I? And we want to just kind of like push through that narrative like I am blessed but most of the times we don't understand that and sometimes we don't have the energy the emotional energy that maybe is a prayer for this year before you end you want to ask God can I have the emotional energy to be with you that's a valid prayer the emotional energy to know my context the emotional energy to know the blessing the emotional the emotional energy to walk on your promises lord can i have can i pretty please have you explain this to me because i am not enough and being blessed and not knowing it lord leads me into nada that's latin nothing that's English-ish. That's Shakespearean, really. That's modern translation. It leads you to void. 
So being broken is a step, and we want to go through it. The blessing, we get to see how blessed we are as we are walking with him because we want to come into terms with being blessed. We got to accept it. One of the key things of your blessing is that you got to accept your blessing. Walking in someone else's blessing because you want to imitate them is a false step. We're going to get into that in a minute. But before imitation, we got to come to terms with our own blessing. Are you with? So knowing it is necessary and the journey is more prolific, more profound, more deep, more enriching than the blessing itself. So we want to have the blessing, but most of us don't actually ask for the journey. We want the blessing. It's like, wow, that looks good. How to get there? Mm. And I, I've always talked to you about how I fantasize beating my GPS. That's like a big fantasy in an extrovert mind with a wheel in front of them. I always want to say to the machine, I can get there faster. And some of us are like that with God. So we, we are broken and God delivers us from us through meekness and he leads us back to an altar. So we are able to be blessed and come to terms with that blessing and a journey that is more important than what we get is who walks with us. But third, how do we get there? Intimacy. And intimacy is, it's a funny thing because intimacy is how I stand. It's not something that I do. Intimacy is a position of our hearts. Intimacy is not how hard I pray, how many verses in the Bible I know. Intimacy is how I stand under who I know. How I am positioned underneath him. Religion would tell you, do you know where that Bible verse is? Truth be told, Google has messed up with that reality. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad God really kicked out the religious out of the church. That's a statement right there. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that one. <laughs> but the reality of it is that God is not interested in what you know a little here. It's what you know right here because from here it will flow. So God is asking you for intimacy in the journey. How do you have the blessing? How do you stand under the blessing? What has been said unto you by intimacy? Abram, back to the text. Actually, Abraham has gone through situations of denying truth because he was afraid that led him into knowing that although he went all hot and knowing he was the guy, I'm going to be a blessing to everyone that comes around. I am that guy. Yay! He had all his Instagram followers just popping in there. He was really good. He was on fire. Everyone was liking him. Everyone was like, but... But his wife was hot. The reality of this is that sometimes we don't know. And we got to be placed in time. And if we are not intimate with God, we're not able to appreciate the promises. We're not able to appreciate the promise because we are looking for the promise, but not the journey to the promise. We are demanding from the presence of God from moments like this. Can you highlight who you are? But we have zero to any intimacy with God and we are intimate on our own understanding when was the last time we asked God 
Am I being intimate to you? When was the last time that you asked God when you were repenting from a sin? Am I really repenting, mate? When was the last time that you were healthy, insecure in the presence of who is assured and walking with you? Lord, I think I know, but you know better. I want to go from good to better. So this is starting to close down on us. Intimacy leads us to understand him. It leads us to understand us, you, me. And it also leads us. It's only through intimacy. Coming into terms is a great thing. Understanding the journey is a great thing. But intimacy leads us to understand the blessing. And if we jump steps, if we go from brokenness to intimacy without understanding the blessing, we don't know the hope that we profess. So we go through religion. I have to do so I am loved. And God wants to take that yoke that is from the devil out of each of one of us. We got to do, yes, because faith without actions is dead. But we want to know the blessing that is in front of us. That he wants us to walk in through and that we are part of in every atmosphere that we take it into. Are you with me? So we're, we're from the brokenness to the blessing to the intimacy. Intimacy is based on how deep is our death rate. And if you come from violent countries, you would think that actually has to do with someone else. Because you're counting people. But in Bible terms, death rate is how much of you is dead. Because the Bible actually calls us to be dead to self. And sometimes we are CPRing things that God has already thought dead in other seasons. So you remember what you were doing when you had this craving and these urges and this thing and the other. And in another season you're like, are you coming back? I didn't expect any amens on that one, but someone should be honest enough to say amen. Because we're in that tension of reviving things that we left in the altar and what we are dying today. Sometimes we actually are transactional. We think we are transactional with God. And we say, Lord, I'll give you that, but can I have that one back? Who has the boldness to stand and say amen to that? How many times this week? Stand if you're going to be bold, yeah? How many times this week you say, God, I know. We're going to have that. Because I can give you this. I know myself like that. And I know, but this one, you're already cool with that, no? Do I have permission? We're driving our license to kill everywhere. We drive our license to kill in our private time with Jesus. In the way that we run around the loved city that we have underneath our feet. The way that we understand the vocation of faith that lives in us and that we live for. And we're showing our credentials day in and day out. And Jesus wants us to finish stronger. And this is the point of intimacy. Being near. We like the video. Heart that. But how near did we get? 
I love Hope and Uncle when it's very, very, very silent. I used to be insecure of you. But now I know who's talking to you. I want us to understand that real intimacy with God comes with stillness. Comes with being alone with him. Standing with him. Know who stands with us, yes. But also saying, Lord, I trust you with what you bless me with. You bless me with hardship. You bless me with storms. I trust you. That is to be blessed. It is not the situation and the outcome. Blessing is to know that whatever happened, it was a blessing. I must have been trusted. I must have been there for you to not only teach me, for me to get to know you and for others to observe an example, a model of how to be broken, how to be meek so I can govern and inherit the land. I'm hoping this is going in. This is the good stuff. We have been called to intimacy. But beyond that, we have been called to be imita imitations of Christ. Imitate me, Paul would have said to his disciples. Jesus called us to be disciples. Imitation means in every context that is holy and pure, basing Christ, death. No. No. You know when your, your flesh gets animated and starts asking you for limits, how much is to die? You know, you know when you start praying and God says, would you? And it's like, Lord, I'm weak. We have ways of actually describing to God that we are disobedient. And we make him sound religiously acceptable. We criticize others and we ask God for blessings for them, but we are not blessing them. We have not fasted one day for them. We're reminding God what he already knows about my neighbor. Oh, my God. This is Christmas, yeah? <laughs> this is going to be good. That's, that's what it looks like to finish stronger, to be nearer, to imitate. Imitate. I don't know. I'm not talking even properly today. You know, imitation. Like imitates. Like, I don't know why is that causing me so problems. It's like it's the simplest word. Intimacy is even more. Imitation. To imitate God means nearness to death. And not only that, it asks us a very important question that we should have very present day in and day out. But now, before the finish of this year, the end of this year, more than ever. What parts of my life are still alive? What parts of my heart are boasting on their livelihoodness? The livelihoodness of this in my family, 70 years of stubbornness. <laughs> How many of us have things in our family members, you know, our generations before us that we have always been like that? That's called livelihood of stupidity and sin. And we want to get away from that to be more holy. We want to become disciples. So my family has always done this. I know is wrong. 
Or maybe it's something that you started because we are all Abrams, you know, in life, you know. So we all start a lineage of wrongs, you know. It's like, oh, I have done this since I was young. So you started a wrong in your life. And if you're proud of that, I'll tell you what, everyone after you will become that wrong that you started. Do you want to have that on your neck? Hey, whatever we accept, whatever we marry to, whatever we are complaining to becomes the inheritance that we multiply. So as believers, this is discipleship, this is not church, this is an intimate moment, you know, it is, it is a multiple headcount discipleship moment. We are here to imitate unto death. We're not here to be broken only and pity parties come from our flesh in that moment. If we're doing it on the flesh, ah, oh, I've given all this to God. Mm, I'm meek like that. Oh, the blessing, the Lord called me to do all this. And I'm just talking about it, blogging about it, asking for GoFundMe's. But I'm not being generous with everything I got in me. That also happens among us. I know here, no, it doesn't. But you have seen it in Instagram. Don't worry about it. Intimacy, oh, Lord, this is what I'm doing. And you are, you are saying, Lord, I have given all this to you. But I don't know who I am. And I'm actually running out of excuses. We need to start imitating Christ. So from brokenness to blessing to intimacy to imitation to being disciples that die, that know what we have to say goodbye. Before the crow crows. And from there we go to identity. And this is when it gets good. All the hope is going to come into the room. This is going to be a great message. We're all going to remember it for the rest of life. You know, it's going to be great. You know, like, oh, my God, your kids are going to be talking about it. When we're done, there's kids of kids are going to be talking about it. I am a blessing. After being broken and being forced by the pruning of God, Abram had to become meek. And that led him back to an altar. The altar actually became one of the things that explained to him the blessing of God over his life. But not only that, the problems that he had. Why do you read us that text, Chris? Yes, now we're back to our text. He knew what to do in the problem because he was broken and meek and he knew he was blessed. When he found the problem of his life, when you find problems in your life, you got to remember if you have been walking in that meekness, in that brokenness, if you have been walking in who is blessing you, you will be able to have intimacy enough to know what to do. When problems meet you, they're meeting a blessed you. They're not actually having an orphan, someone that doesn't know. They're meeting someone that is empowered by intimacy, by holiness, by the God that called you. He is actually calling you. You are blessed. And we want to go back into those beautiful things. But do you want to be broken? Do you want to have the intimacy? Do you want to be meek? No, we don't. But we need God to teach us. And Egypt taught that to Abram. And Abram actually was able to walk in midst of the problems of now. Because he had that all yesterday. And yesterday prepared him for the now. I want my now. I want to sometimes forget my yesterday. I don't know if you're in the same boat or not, but I've been rowing on that one for a while. You know, I really want to forget what happened. I want to be focusing on my now. And if Abram would have been so emotionally distorted like we are, 
he would have forgotten, but he remembered that when he was wrong, God was there with him and corrected him and steered him and made his own enemies, blessed him back into the steps that were ordered for him. And because of all that training, he was able to ask his nephew, by the way, close relatives. Both of them were rich, better than us right now. Both of them had cattle and had gold and silver, the Bible says. And usually the Bible doesn't talk about a couple, you know, kind of crypto coins. You know, talk about, like, we talk about bags. The Bible is always plentiful. You know, like the Bible is just like every time you read something in the Bible, think it's bigger than you think. God, bigger than you think. You know, I'll prove it with that. That's it. And the moon, bigger than you think. He said, you know what? I have an understanding that I am blessed. So in the midst of the problems, I'm not only being broken, and I've been taught to be meek. I've been taught how to inherit the land. It's biblical. Look for it. It's really good. But not only that, I've been so intimate with him that I have had revelation that it doesn't matter where I go, I am going to be blessed. That's why this must be the place. Because being in the right place doesn't mean geographic location, means a posture of the heart. So that's why he's leading us into imitation to death of what is still alive in us because it is in our hearts that we have a position. It is through our hearts that he has a blessing for others. It is in our steps that we prove our intimacy. This is the gospel. This is the Christ that we serve. This is the promises upon promises that we're living in. God is with us and I am a blessing. Go wherever you want. If you go left, I'll go right. Don't worry about it. If you go right, I'll go left. Don't just don't even flinch. Because I know wherever I go, I'm going to be blessed. David explained to us differently. He says, you know, his blessings, his mercies, his favor will chase us down through life. And sometimes we don't start because we don't know who's chasing us. So if we're not going anywhere, the Bible talks about the shadow of the disciples healing people. So if you're not going anywhere, there's no shadow. Where are you going? And where have you been? And even more importantly, I feel very strong in my spirit right now to stop and say, have you counted your blessings? Have you counted how much of a blessing you've been to others this year? Have you gone in your pity party so strong that you have forgotten that every day you woke up, you are a blessing? I am a blessing. Have you forgotten this? And this is not self-exaltation. This is saying, I trust you, God. I am a blessing. I might be having a rough patch, a rough season. This might be... Super sucky. Can I say suck in my church? Yeah, we can. <laughs> it's, uh, you know. This is being horrible, but I am blessed. 
And everywhere I go, I have been promised by God. I have been taught by God if I allow myself to be taught. Because sometimes we want to agree with things and we don't allow ourselves to be taught. If I don't agree, I don't allow the teaching. But the teaching is there for what you don't know. Just a small print on the bottom of my page right there. And the last point beyond the brokenness and the blessing and the intimacy and imitation and identity is the place. Where are we in our brokenness? And for this, it takes bold hearts that are near to Jesus. This is for each one of us to go into the presence of God by ourselves. You're not taking anyone into anything that you have not taken yourself by yourself to God. Where are my feet standing? What is the meekness that God desires from me? All of us have different personalities. That's why we cannot judge it like that. Because there will be arguments upon arguments about that. But what is it that God is looking at in us as meekness? There's only three points we can have the worship turn back. As they come back, where are we? With the brokenness, in the blessing, how do we, how we understanding how blessed we are? What kind of blessing runs through us? What, what is the level, what is the degree of intimacy that we are holding in different areas of our life. Maybe we got used to doing things a certain way, but God is asking us to, you know, really flip the page and go deeper than what have been given by a different generation, what we have been taught before. And I'm having convictions, you know. God is saying, I want you to go deeper. Am I being that intimate with God unto knowing Him, to knowing what has been in store into me and what needs to be upgraded? Because that's how we get stronger and nearer and healthier. And this is how God has promised that we as a house will finish the year. You right now have this promise over you. Are you going to grab it? So how are we walking? How are we in our brokenness, in our blessings, in our intimacy? How are we imitating Christ in the daily, in our thought patterns. What patterns of thought I have allowed myself to slip into because no one else has noticed, but I know. And we have deep conversations with God that end up saying, I know. But we have no access to power that has been given unto us in that department. I know. And I need to access that power. How are we on our full knowledge of being the blessing so we can stand in that place? In that place of being those. Ah, you're that. Yeah. I remember that party. You were there. I remember that conversation, what you said. I remember when you prayed. I remember, and you always have to say, it wasn't me. If you would have known my day, my week, my month, if you would have known how I am as a father, as a husband, as a wife, if you would have known, if you have known, if you would have known, you have to relate to God and say, God did this. 
I am a blessing. God did this. I am blessed. Everyone is blessed through me. God did this. When you live there, this must be the place. You have arrived. Abram discovered that he could go anywhere. And he actually even asked his nephew to pick because he had revelation. Verse 14 in the same chapter, chapter 13 says, The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, the one that was looking at things and results and how it looked, and it looked green, and it looked plentiful, and it looked like the gardens that God had called them. It looked like Egypt. It looked like the land that they were coming from. It looked like their past. It looked like how God had done it before. When we stop looking at the past, God will show us what is coming. If you want to come new, fresh, strong, healthier to 2024, we got to start getting into the rhythm of God. And that means we are listening to God when the Lord said to Abram, after Lord had parted from him, look around where you are to the north and the south, to the east and the west. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring. It's not only about you. It's coming. It's too much for you. They're going to live on it for a while. You are a blessing. I'm going to bless you. Generations, nations, everyone will be blessed. Yes. All the land that you see, I will give it to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth. So if anyone could count the dust, no one can. Then your offspring could be counted. All of us. But then he says, go and walk. When you are the place of the blessing, when it is you, when everyone around says, oh, if that person is, I'm there. When Jesus is, I want to be there. When you're that person, God says, go and walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I'm giving it to you. When you own the blessing and the promise, when you know that you are the place, and that's humility. Some people say, like, I don't want to have attention. I don't want to be the one that people hear. You're cutting short the promises of being a beacon or a city or a light on a hill that cannot be hidden. You're cutting short on the problems. You're cutting short on the situations that would lead you into being broken so you can become meek, so you can own the blessing, so you become that intimate, so you are able to imitate so you're able to realize and have revelation that you're the place that God likes. So you don't have to be waiting for anything else. God said, walk because I have given this to you. And for generations, Abraham walked through the land. And he didn't see the promises of God on the times that he thought he would see them. And he kept on old high places of helping God. 
like you and me. If you have found yourself trying to help God this year, God understands you. But he wants you to become humble and meek so you can understand and possess the promise of God. Abram went and he lived near the great trees of Amram at Hebron. And he pitched his tents. And there he built an altar to the Lord. Where are we? How ready are we to obey? And this is a complete, valid, transcendental question to finish the year with. How are we in these areas of being broken, of understanding the blessing, our intimacy with God, how we imitate Him in our heart decisions, how, how much we know that we are the blessing, how ready we are to obey. And third, how ready we are to create higher standards, or might I say, altars, high places everywhere we go. If God has been speaking to you, and I believe he has, today we have a celebration of a baptism because when you meet Jesus, you stand in high places. And I know that the Lord has been speaking, but this takes us to worship. That's what happened to Abram. And as we prepare, as we come back to do that, we want to sing. We want to raise this place as a high place, as a beacon. Not because of the glory of the, the place, the, the, the structure itself. But who he is that is celebrating this with us. He spoke deep. He spoke controversial. He spoke uncomfortable. But he spoke with love. And as we go to this baptism, as we start closing the year, we ask God, is this the place? This must be the place. So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your pruning. Thank you for so many things that we don't have even the intelligence to remember, to recap, even to thank you for, Lord, because you have done above and beyond what we can think and imagine. And Father, as we transition into worship and as we celebrate this, this moment of giving up, of dying to self, to leave behind what has been, to pursue and to walk with Christ. Lord, we ask that you will give us the grace, the intelligence, the emotional strength, Lord, to follow you, to be made meek. Father, to understand what you have said, to stand under, Father, who you are, to be intimate with you like we have never seen, Lord, that you would teach us. What does it mean to be intimate with you? To understand who we are in the light of who you are, Lord. So we are able to serve you better. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, it is great to be blessed. But we ask for intelligence for the journey. If you will grant us one thing, we will pray, Lord, that you will open our hearts and our minds to know you and where we following you. Give us today this bread, Lord. So we know, Lord, that as we consume who you are, our identity informs us, Lord, beyond the social and cultural construct that we are the place, we are the blessing. And we can look around because you are coming with. So, Father, I pray as we worship, Lord, and as we start celebrating this baptism, Father, that you would lead us to this. Father, flow in this place with spirit of deliverance. Father, I ask, Lord, that your hand will move in our hearts, Lord, in our minds, Lord. As we sing, Lord, that everything would take depth and color. Father, that, that when we stand in this, Lord, in revelation of this, as we accept this teaching, truth, that pushes us back to you, Lord, gives us air and breath fresh from heaven. And as you see us finishing strong, Lord, that we were able to perceive ourselves blessed and strong, healthier fuller, more complete, that we will perceive ourselves standing under you. So Father, as we pray and as we sing, Father, I pray for a spirit of healing and restoration of faith and outpour of your, of your compassion in this place, Lord. There's calluses, Lord, that have not allowed us to feel the brokenness in our streets, Lord. Father, I pray for such an anointing, Lord. Father, that comes and dries that yoke and frees us to understand you, to acknowledge you, and to move in obedience, Lord. Jesus. Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanchor.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.